0: Um, I'm excited today to, uh, to lead us through a series that we're in just for a few weeks. And it's a series we're in because uh, of kind of the time uh, and the culture we're in at the moment, uh, and partially because of elections, but partially just because it often can feel turbulent and polarizing. And uh, we at Hope, uh, Hope Globally, Hope uh, that meets downtown and right now in Lower Town in St. Paul are meeting. We're all talking about this, just taking a few weeks to say, what does it look like to follow Jesus, to be a Christian? but also engage in a time that feels polarizing and for myself feels like I don't know what I'm supposed to do other than hide uh, or t- turn off all of my social media feeds. So that's, that's our hope today. We're in week two of that just to help give us another tool maybe to think about, another way to process that as we look at what it looks like to love the neighbor um, I love people in turbulent times. I, uh, I'm sure maybe you haven't seen this exact signs, but we're seeing signs. Uh, maybe not because of the cold weather as much, but during election time, you start seeing signs in yards. And that led me to there has to be someone who's compiled the, their favorite, funniest signs. And there are some signs, many I can't show on a screen at a church, uh, but I did find a few that were appropriate. I wanted to share those to get us thinking. This is one of my favorite ones. This is Dan pa- Payton. <laughs> He's not running for anything. <laughs> He just wanted to sign. I really like this. I've been thinking about it, maybe. I just want to sign, too. Uh, in a time where you're like, I don't know who to vote for, I don't know what, he just decided, I want to sign in my front yard. Where Where'd he go, Dan. Uh, this is a classic one. I've seen a few of these before. Uh, and of course, if you have a Darth Vader running, then you have to have, Obi-Wan has to run, right? You got to have the, oh, ooh, some people got oohs for that. I didn't make this. I just found this online. Um And then uh, I think people get to a point maybe, you might feel this during election time, uh, during turbulent times that you just kind of are done with things, so this shirt is available online. Uh, I'd rather vote for my cat. There's a point where someone just has given up and they're voting for a cat, which I don't know how how much that's gonna help, but they're voting for their cat. And then lastly, this sign is actually on on the internet, any functioning adult in 2020. You can buy it for 20 bucks. On Amazon right now, you could go on your phone and have that delivered to your house. Again, let your neighbors know you're just frustrated with all things. This this is my fancy photoshopping of the week. (laughs) Pretty sweet, huh? Yeah. So we're in a time, uh, I think, where we see those things and we feel that. And I and I don't know how how you feel. Maybe you you're excited to engage in these things. But I uh, as I talk to people and my in my in my own heart in my own life, I feel like I don't know what to do, or does it matter? Um, and so that's what we want to engage with today. What what does it look like to be in a time that for us will just continue to ramp up in these next months uh, and follow Jesus? So this week, uh, we're talking about the quick and the slow. And so we're going to get right into that in James. If you have a Bible and, you're, and you'd like to read along, or all the words will be up on the screen, uh, we ask you to follow along. Let me pray for us as we continue moving forward. Lord, thank you for uh, your goodness and your kindness. And I pray that in all of this, we would uh, pursue you. That whatever's happening um, and whatever feeling or hearing, uh, that we still would run to you. Uh, And I pray today we would be encouraged and challenged in your words in the book of James. Amen. All right. My wife slipped me this little thing of Kleenex. I'm going to use one right now because I'm sniffling. All right. So we're in James 1. If you want to flip there, uh, we're going to start reading right there. This is James 1, uh, 19. The book of James, before we read this, uh, is a, is an interesting book. The book of James, sometimes uh, people look to because it gives us a lot of action, a lot of things to do, where other books uh, in Scripture sometimes can feel like uh, there's lots of theology, a lot of like, this is who God is, and this is who we are. And this book gives us that, but gives us the, this is what it would look like then to actually... Uh, follow Jesus, and actually in your life with other people. So sometimes the book of James can feel like a lot of work things to do, a lot of things you're supposed to do, but they all come out of, if you look carefully, they come out of first our love for God and our love for people. So that's where we get in here. In verse 19, we start. And he gives us, sometimes it feels like, almost like Proverbs, in chunks of, of ways we should be living as a Christian, and that's where we're at here. So in this verse, James 1.19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So just, this is a passage that I can just read, and I don't need anyone to uh, uh, explain it. I don't need... uh, a preacher guy to say, hey, this is what this means. I can just read this and I feel convicted (laughs) and I can go about my day thinking I could act differently. Just this phrase, everyone should be quick to listen. I think, oh, okay, I can work on that. I'm not very awesome at that. And our goal today is to think, why is that? Why is he saying this here? Why is this important? And to think about what are steps we could take in being quick listeners and slow speakers and why that's important. So we're gonna start with that. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. This isn't uh, an uncommon phrase. Actually, throughout Scripture, we see this phrase. uh, We see it in Proverbs. Do you see someone who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for them. Someone who speaks quickly doesn't isn't quick to listen and slow to speak. A fool takes no pleasure, in Proverbs 18, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. This is, this is one that I, would, I, I feel like I want to quote at people, a lot. quickly quote at someone else and say, you're a fool because you spoke quickly, because you expressed your opinion quickly, right? And then I go like, oh, I did that too, I guess. In Proverbs 15, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up. Anger. This is one of the first verses someone texted me uh, when I, when we first were uh, uh, found out that we were about to adopt our daughters, and they were supposed to move in our house. And I texted all these. I had a a panic night where I was laying in bed and I thought, I don't know how to be a dad, and I'm about to get a three and a six year old in my house, and uh, I'm gonna be terrible at this. I didn't realize yet that like you just kind of are bad at at parenting because you're a sinner, and you, you know. All parents felt that. I thought I was the only dad in the world who felt like he didn't know what he was doing. So I was laying in bed real late. Texted a bunch of uh, dads I knew and said, "Help me know." And uh, I got a lot of dads who were like, "You're not going to know what you're doing. <laughs> you're going to fail." <laughs> that I got, and I got multiple texts of this. I just got this text: Proverbs 15:1. And I was like, "Oh, good, a passage that'll it, that'll encourage me and comfort me." And then I read it and I thought, "Oh, that's weird. Why would I not have soft answers for my kids? Why would I ever have harsh words for my kids?" And then I and then my kids moved to my house and within. 10 minutes, uh, <laughs> quick, harsh words. And so I, uh, th- these are all over, and there's a whole, whole list throughout Scripture, not just from Proverbs, which Proverbs aren't necessarily promises, but they're, they're true, they're wisdom, but all over the place. And even in the way we see Jesus respond to people and move into people's lives, we see this listening as really important. So why is this listening so important? I, I, if you just look, look up why is listening important, Lots of people have lots of opinions, Um, but from my own experience and from what I was able to, to capture, it's not real hard. I think all of us could, if we sat down and made a list, we could think of why listening can be so important. It can be important because we actually get to hear what someone feels or thinks or even get to hear someone's experience before just telling them, about our feelings, or what we think, or our experience. We actually get to better understand why someone loves or hates something. You actually get to know the root of what that is. You might be surprised often. What that is, it, it, it causes us to eliminate the assumption that we have and learn the real truth of what's going on. We get to hear how someone has been hurt and therefore often better understand why maybe they are hurting others or you. My daughter often says this comes home. I'm thankful for a school where they often talk about this. She'll come home and say, oh, today at the playground, someone said this to me. But you know what? I think she's having a hard week at home. So it's understandable that she would have heard me. And I think, what in the world? I I don't think I thought of that until I was 32 years old. They said something to me because they were having a rough week. I just thought they're terrible. That's why they say terrible things to me. Uh, We get to cross, this is one of the, the, the coolest things. You get to cross lines into literally other worlds, other perspectives. You get to cross lines of race and age and culture, lines of gender and experience to actually get a little glimpse to start to understand where someone else is standing. And that's free just by not using our mouths, but by opening our ear and actually listening. This for me has been enormous in my life as I've got to sit down with friends of color who can share their experience. And I say, that, that seems insane. That can't be true that you've experienced these things in your life just because of the color of your skin that I would never, ever, ever know. Even like maybe reading a book would help, but ultimately there I'm listening to someone's story. But just sitting with a person, the things I've learned, that I've been step, able to step in different parts of the world really that I never would have been able to, but because I just listened. We also get to see what's common amongst people. We also get to see then what's common in sin and in failure and in success, ultimately our need for a savior. It seems to somehow just level the playing field and we realize we're all image bearers who need a savior. And that changes a conversation in a relationship when we knew how to do that. And ultimately listening connects our hearts and builds relationships um, with other people as you sit and listen to them. I um, had this opportunity uh, uh, a few years ago when I first moved to Columbia Heights and we were praying about the opportunity to do this, to, to plant a church here. And the, I talked, I just it happened to work out. It was so sweet. One of the first times I called the police to say, hey, I'd love to just meet to learn about the community. I assume you th- think about the community. They said, well, we have this cool thing that we call the Clergy Academy and we take you for about seven, eight weeks. You get to come and meet with us and we teach you about what policing looks like in Columbia Heights. Uh, and I was like, that sounds amazing. And, uh, and so I got to go and for week after week. I got to learn all sorts of things about our community and how the police work um, and just get to meet officers. And the last week, we got to go uh, all day and hang out with the Anoka County Sheriff and get to see lots of things and learn lots just from listening. But one of the things we got to do was we got to sit for an hour with a 911 dispatcher. So I was assigned to this great woman who had been doing it for years. and I just got to sit with her while... 911 calls came in, and I uh, didn't know what to expect, didn't really, in my mind, I just thought every few minutes someone might call, and she'd say, that sounds cool, we'll send police, (laughs) it was a lot more complicated than that, and uh, I sat with her, and there was uh, many, many nonstop calls, she constantly had a queue of of calls, and many of those calls were not actually emergencies, or at least emergencies the police need to respond to, there's people just calling kind of because they're lonely, just asking if, like, they knew people to hang out with. Uh, they were calling because they heard a noise. They were calling because there was, they thought an animal might be in their yard. But the one that was really interesting to me that happened back to back, this was during, a, 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 so maybe two years ago, during election time. Somebody called and was very, very upset, and they said, I need the police right now to come to my house uh, and protect me from my neighbor. And they said, oh my goodness. Well, stay in your house, lock your door, tell us what's happening. Uh, and she said, my neighbor has a, a political sign in their yard of a Republican, and you know what those Republicans will do to you. And she said, oh, we can't send police for that. We can't send police because your neighbor's a Republican. Uh, and she was upset about that. She said, but do you know what they would do to you? And she said, I'm, re- I'm really sorry. And after talking, she actually said, oh, there's actually an officer really close. I'll have him come by and make sure your neighbor's safe. I thought that's wild that it, that it would get to a place where you felt that. And then within minutes, she said, this is actually pretty common right now, people call. Within minutes, like it was scripted, someone called and said, I need you to come right now. I'm, I'm nervous about my neighbor. They have a, they have a Democrat sign in their yard and you know what those Democrats will do to you. So there's two neighbors. In my mind, they're the same neighbors, which would make this story great, right? <laughs> They're like both peeking out their windows at each other. Uh, and, now and now they're like best friends. There's a documentary being made about it. Um, <laughs> the same thing though, the same. I'm scared to leave my house because uh, I saw a sign in their yard, which now I know everything about them, what they stand for, and I'm scared. I, I'm nervous that I'm gonna be hurt. Um, and I would say, I, not to that, I haven't called 911 because I'm afraid of a neighbor. Um... For a sign, but I, in a similar way, I'm sure I see signs. I know I see signs, and I think, oh, huh, they're voting for that person. I know exactly what they think about this thing, right, or, or that thing. And in my own experience, we have a, have a bonfire in our backyard, and we see neighbors walking by, and we say, hey, you should come come over and hang out. And I think, ooh, this is the guy who has that sign in his yard. I know what he's, all he's going to want to talk about is politics, And they sit down, and they start talking about their grandkids, and we start laughing, and they tell stories of how they grew up and where they grew up and what their life's like. And we realize, oh, we both actually really care about people and our kids and our neighborhoods, and you're actually really fun. And then they leave, and I think, he never once brought up who I should vote for, (laughs) as if just a casual cookout is where that happens all the time. And it just took 10 minutes of me listening. I think how quick... I don't even get the opportunity to speak to someone because I don't even let, I don't even get to that point. I don't even interact with them enough to speak. Um, So I think this idea isn't uh, foreign to us that we should be quick to listen, but I think um, maybe just a refresher and a reminder. Because if we don't listen, maybe why we don't listen, for me personally, I just made a quick list the other day. I thought, what are reasons I can remember why I don't listen to uh, my kids or uh, my family, my wife, Friends, I don't listen, if someone posts something online, check out this link to this thing. I'm like, no chance, because I know what this will be about. I don't listen to let people share with me. First, because often I'm just defensive. They're they're attacking, I feel like they're attacking or questioning a thing that I love, maybe that I'm worshiping. They're saying that I'm not right, maybe I'm not perfect, and I don't have time for someone to tell me I'm not right. Sometimes I just know that they're wrong, or at least I think that they're wrong. Sometimes I know. This happens with shorter people at my house. I think what you're saying is not right, uh, and I know you're wrong, so i do even, not even not to let you get a word in. I'm just going to, as a dad, you're wrong. Go away. I, I've never said that, but in a sense, right, I'm not, you don't get to share with me what's going on because that's not okay, the thing. I don't even give a chance to share what actually is going on within them. Often actually helps me understand better where my kid's at. Because the thing they're saying isn't really about that thing, it's about how they're doing. I've heard this before as often an excuse for myself. Yeah, yeah, I know where you're going with this. I know what this is about. I don't want to hear it. I think anger becomes easy. And it makes me feel like I'm in control when I can quick speak, when I can get all the information out quick. I feel like I'm in control and now everything will be okay, because it's a little messy, and it can feel un- uncontrolled to listen and let people share things that I even would disagree with. And I think it's also just easier to read a Facebook post and know what someone believes than actually get to know what someone believes. And so with that kind of foundation, I think listening is important. I want to get to the what this passage is getting at more than just, we should be good listeners. Amen. Go be good listeners. Um, as in all of Scripture, I think it points to a thing that's really important. So for me, the first thing is our quick and our slow, what we're quick to do and slow to do reveals our hearts. And we can look at Matthew for this. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words, you'll be acquitted, and by your words, you'll be condemned. So let's start at the, uh, the second part of this. this. It got real intense, right? What comes out of your mouth is what's from your heart. Hey, now let's talk about the end of the times when you'll be judged for all of eternity. What this is really saying is for your words, you'll be acquitted, or your words, you'll be condemned. The words you're speaking uh, come out of your heart. So what you actually believe, what actually you know is true, Hopefully those words are spoken, are words that come out of a heart saying, Christ is Lord, ultimately at the foundation of that, or Christ is not Lord, something else is Lord. And so out of that will come salvation or not, and that ultimately is what comes out of our mouths at the core of it, what's inside of us, what's stored up in us comes out in what we say or what we don't say and so it's really a heart condition which gets us to the next part of this because in verse 20 because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires so you should listen be quick to listen slow to say things to speak and slow to become angry because that quick speaking in anger is not produced by the righteousness that God desires because ultimately Our quick and our slow reveal our hope. Not not just it does reveal what's in our heart, and then it reveals even deeper in our heart what our hope actually lies in. I respond quickly in anger because someone is threatening what I think is my righteousness that's not of God. Or or my identity that's not from God. Last week I showed these, and I'm gonna show them again because this is like an everyday, I could look through this list. These are different ways we can find our righteousness. I think when these are threatened, or when someone says, no, that's not the way to righteousness, and these we think are where our hope lies, then we begin to feel threatened and want to fight for those things. So whether it's our job righteousness because we work hard, or because we're right with God, because, uh, because we're good parents, family righteousness, or intellectual righteousness, because I, I read more, I'm more articulate, I'm more cultural savvy, maybe theologically, I have really good, perfect theology, so it's a wild thing to even say, perfect theology. Like we, I can perfectly understand who God is and, and what he wants. That if someone threatens that, they post something that I, theologically I disagree with. I say, oh, those are fighting words. And I'm ready to quickly attack back or quickly not, I don't, not even listen. Where does that come from? Our schedule, we're self-disciplined. Our flexibility, I'm pretty laid back. I'm pretty flexible and you're not. You must be a Pharisee and legalistic. Our mercy—I do care for those around me more than you. Legalistic, of course. We don't. We follow all the rules. Financial—I manage my money well. There's only two more. Political. Our hope is in this this next vote. If we figure that out, all things will be okay. Or even just tolerance. I am open-minded and charitable. And you're not enough. So when we put our hope in one of these things, how quickly we are to act might, might help you indicate what these things are. If you think, what is the thing that I just can't, I can't stop and listen and hear and love someone well in this because this just is a no-go. This is non-negotiable. If you bring this up, you get this uh, fight back at you. Uh, Maybe it comes out of one of these. Maybe you're revealing your hope to people. I've been encouraged this week by, uh, Dane Ortland ha- has a, uh, uh, talks about listening. And this is something that's really been hitting me this week. We no longer go through life so consumed by self. This is when our hope is in Christ, not anything else. Our hope is in Christ. We no longer go through life so consumed by self that we are unable to get out of ourselves and listen to another. Loved by, by a Christ who left self Behind, our hearts relax into loving others by leaving self behind. So we follow Christ, who left himself behind. Philippians 2, he left heaven, stepped down from his throne in order to, to save us, to reconcile our relationship with God. He left his self behind. and We now follow that Christ, we too can leave our self behind. The gospel opens our mouths, but the gospel also closes our mouths and opens up our ears. Loved, we listen. He's speaking here to, uh, uh, in the whole text, he's speaking about, often we think of the gospel, we come to know the good news that Christ has come to save us, and we and our first response can be, I need to go make sure everyone knows that, which is good. There's, there's a balance there. But he's saying also we need to know <laughs> it opens our mouths to share the gospel, but it also opens our ears to listen, which is really important because we can't actually really share the gospel well with someone unless we understand even what gospel they are believing or what part of the gospel is hard for them to believe or how they've been hurt maybe by someone else who shared the gospel with them. So we have an opportunity to first understand them and their heart, which then allows us to actually speak the gospel to them where they're at. So that hope is shown here. Is my hope in Christ who set aside himself to listen to our cries and come and save us or is our hope in me being right. And lastly, then that points, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. This points to the thing that saves us. And so the, the way we listen, how well you listen and how quickly we speak actually points to the one who saves us. Spoiler, it's Jesus. Our quick and slow reveal the one Who saves us? We see this in Ephesians. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs. That it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom we are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave. So I want us to look at this last little bit here. Be kind and compassionate to each other, forgiving each other. Why are we kind and compassionate? Because we're forgiving as Christ forgave us. First, we were forgiven by him. And out of that, first Christ set aside himself. Now we get to set aside ourselves. First, Christ listened to the cries of people who needed saving and saved us. And we, too, get to set aside those things. Also, we hear in John uh, 1 As we hear the creation story again as Jesus returns, out of his fullness we have been received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself and is the closest relationship with Father, has made him known. God actually, Jesus actually comes to us with grace and truth. So he has this balance of this care and compassion and speaking the truth. We can do this in our listening. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God actually, again, listens to us as we confess our sins, how we've turned from him and put our hope in things other than him. And he's faithful and forgives us. And that actually actually, uh, can purify us. So he actually cleans us. God is the one who comes and cleans us. So earlier in this verse, it says, get rid of all this evil filth. That's not just us. Stop being bad people. Be be nice. Be good listeners. It's not just a teacher saying, one of our five goals in our class is to be good listeners. So do it. It's saying that filth, the dirtiness, the sin, the unrighteousness is cleaned by Christ. And because of that, then out of that, we become people who close our mouths and listen well. And so when we meet with someone and we listen to someone, we're not just saying, God said I should listen to you. Okay, I listen to you. Now I'm going to unload on you all the things that I had been ready to unload. We actually get to meet with them and we get to think about this with them. Who's the one who saved them? And we get to think, okay, it's not you. We get to share with them. It's not politics. It's not being good. It's not being nice. It's not necessarily even being right. And we get to walk over to our neighbor's house and who we assume believes a certain thing because of a certain sign in the yard. And we get to hear about how their life is. And we get to hear about how they've been hurt. And we get to hear about out of that hurt for years and years in their life, they respond this certain way to certain things. And out of that, we get to better understand why they're the person they are and why it's so important to them that this person gets into government because they don't want that thing to happen maybe to someone else. Or maybe they do want that thing to happen to someone else, but we better understand them. And in that, we could say, you're hurting, and there's someone who loves you and cares for you, and there's someone who could heal that hurt. And it's not the person on the sign. But we'd never know that if we didn't take time and weren't quick to listen. As we uh, finish here, as in last week and this month, we want to highlight a hero in black history and one that I think even... uh, exemplifies kind of what we're talking about. And this week, I'm excited to um, highlight Phyllis Wheatley. Phyllis Wheatley was the first black poet in American history, one of the first, uh, I think, the, the first major black poet to be published in American history, and the first, one of the first women to ever be published uh, in American history. She was born in Gambia, West Africa. She, stole, she was stolen from her parents when she was seven years old. She was enslaved. She was brought to America. A Boston tailor named John Wheatley purchased her as a personal servant to his wife, Susanna. She displayed great intelligence, and so they allowed her to learn English. They actually sent her to school. She began quickly reading poetry and actually writing poetry as a kid. They were members of a a famous meeting house in Boston where she also attended church, and when she was 18, she decided she wanted to follow Jesus and she was baptized there. Around that same time, she became renowned for her poetry. People loved um, the collections of poetry that she was writing. In fact, uh, they were so good that uh, they were examined by experts in Boston, uh, the poetry. They tested her because they couldn't believe a woman, especially a black woman, could actually write such great poetry. But after 18 of the most respectable characters, that's the quote, <laughs> respectable characters, um, assessed her, they found she actually wrote. Surprisingly, she wrote the poems. But even though people loved them, no one would publish her. Only with the help of a Christian woman, uh, the Countess of Huntington, did she eventually, was eventually able to publish her poetry. Her poetry became well-known. Um And as a result of her gift and her intelligence, her owners actually gave her her freedom after that. She was later married and continued to write. Her poetry reveals her circumstances. It's powerful, especially her race and her faith. She talks a lot about her faith and how that plays out in her life. Perhaps her most famous poem on being brought from Africa to America is uh, is what we're going to actually read a little bit of here in a minute. She actually won the attention of General George Washington when she wrote a poem about him. He read it and loved it. Uh, She actually shared, there's a a speech where he shares about her poetry. She was actually read uh, notably by enslavers and abolitionists both because of the popularity of her poetry. And there's stories of... um, of enslavers actually uh, changing their minds about their slaves and allowing their slaves to get education because they couldn't believe a black woman could be so intelligent. They wondered if maybe the black women they had enslaved could also be intelligent. There's stories of people actually allowing their slaves to be educated because of her poetry. She also uh, inspired some abolitionists to uh, incorporate more of their faith uh, into their fight against slavery. Uh, and they saw people actually come to Christ by reading her poetry. There are stories of people knowing Jesus and later finding her and saying, I came to Christ because I, heard, because I saw the way you wrote poetry. Uh, this is an excerpt from one of her poems, one of her well known poems on being brought from Afri- America to Africa. From Africa to America. Twas mercy brought me from my pagan land, taught my benighted soul to. Understand, And there's a God and there's a Savior too. Once I redemption neither sought nor knew. She, um, uh, we have an opportunity here to be good listeners just of her, of hear her story and better understand what it was like to be in that place, to be captured, enslaved, uh, even understand our faith. Some of her poetry has been really encouraging to me just uh, the way she can explain how good the Savior is. And it's an opportunity for us to put our hope, to be reminded to put our hope in something other than our own righteousness, and that should allow us to be great listeners and therefore great uh, explainers of the gospel. And so today, that's uh, my encouragement to us, is what would it look like if we were good listeners and people better knew Jesus because we listened well and gave them a hope in Christ and not just what we wanted them to hear. Um, and so here's some questions for reflection. We're gonna take time here to sing and reflect and respond to some questions. These are on your sheet, actually. Hopefully you got one as you came in. This has um, some of the stuff we talked about, also ways to connect and, and things. But on the, on the bottom here, there's some questions to reflect that maybe you need to just sit for a few minutes and reflect on this. Um, Think about what, how you could better love those around you um, and, and some of these things. What are you slow to do? What are you quick to do? What's your natural response in that? What does this tell you about your heart? Do you actually know that Jesus cleaned and saved you? The, the way to have that filth uh, leave you is through Christ and not just through trying harder. Do you tend to lean into truth or to grace? Do you tend to be a truth teller, which is beneficial to the body of Christ? Or do you tend to be more gracious, which is beneficial? But what's the balance there? People tend to go one way or the other. And maybe how could you think through what that looked like to balance that? How, who could you listen to this week? It's a very simple one. I bet there'll be a person this week that you, could, you w- would not have stopped to listen to. Could you listen to and How would that change you and them? This is a time of our service that we're going um, to respond. Um, there's a few ways we respond here um, for the next few minutes. Our band is going to lead us through a few songs. But first, we have an opportunity to take communion. In the back of the room, there's a communion table. Um, and then over in the corner, there's another one. There's gluten-free option over there, if you're gluten-free. Um, this is an opportunity for us to respond by remembering the death and resurrection of Jesus. Remembering that he died and he rose, his body was broken, and he bled so that we could be saved, we could be clean. And out of that, we can be people who love well and listen well. the um, Next, we have an opportunity to be prayed for. You can pray and reflect, or you can be prayed for the people at the stations that will pray for you. For anything, you can even just say, like, pray for me. You don't need to just tell them anything. And they just wanna pray for you. We also have an opportunity to sing and praise God and, re- and say words to remind us of how good God is. And also, this is an opportunity to just give out of grateful hearts. If you're a guest, or thrilled you're here. Don't, don't feel any obligation to give, but um, here's an opportunity to give, that God has given us so much. You can do that online, or there's also an offering uh, container in the back, <laughs> an offering thing um, at the table. Let me pray for us, and we're going to continue our worship by responding to this good news. Lord, you're really good to us. You have saved us, and you have um, listened to us. And you've actually come to earth and died and you rose so that we could have life. I pray as we take some time to think that, process that, reflect on that, we would be uh, caused to feel loved and safe in you. And you'd give us a great calling. To move out of here and be people who would listen well and love well, who would stop and care for those and more people would know the hope that we have in you. And I pray whatever the hope is that's not in you, you would root that out of us so that we could truly be joyful and hopeful uh, and feel the great peace that comes from you having our hope in you. Pray these in your good, good name. Amen.